Welcome to the Courage 1000 Project, the podcast for women seeking the courage to take the next steps in life. My name is Melias, the story collector, and I'm on a mission to normalize the emotional cycles all women experience so we can end the patterns of shame and guilt that are leaving us stuck, held back, and disempowered from making the next chapter of our lives magical. Hello, everybody, and welcome to season three of the Courage 1000 Project. We've had a pretty big break for a while while we've gotten everything sorted and really got our mission defined. Because when we first started this, it was all about courage. But through my own journey, I've realized it is so much deeper than just courage. So today we have the beautiful Linda Willow Roberts joining us. Um, And I'm going to give her a proper introduction because there is so much beautiful stuff I want to say about her. So not only is she an international speaker, a certified medium, a spiritual teacher, she's also a psychic clairvoyant, certified angel intuitive, Reiki master, theta healer, psychometry expert, and an author. Now, uh, she is known as the manifester, which is so, so cool. (laughs) Um, She's always been able to live in synchronicity and follow those laws of attraction and act as a magnet to whatever she wants to draw it to her. And this has allowed her to be of service to the world. Now, her recent book, Seven Eights of Me, was recently released, along with her I Am a Manifester Magical Oracle cards, um, which was born from a combination of 30 years' experience within these fields and a desire to create manifesting tools that everybody can use. Now, she is passionate about manifesting, mentoring, speaking, and sharing messages from spirit. So I know you guys are going to absolutely love her. (laughs) And I love this. She says that her definition of a spiritual teacher is someone who is willing to guide you while you find your own way and leads by example. And as you guys know, that is something I'm very passionate about and I stand for as well. So let's welcome Linda to the show. Welcome, beautiful. Hello, Millie. Thank you for having me. You are most, most welcome. Um, Now, today you wanted to share your story of overcoming self-sabotage, especially in relation to that habit of addictive behaviours. And part of what it is is how to balance the giving and receiving as the key to doing this. So I'd love to hear, where does this story start? Where does this self-sabotage, self-sabotage start for you? Oh, Melly, I'm 55, so the first half of my life was shit, basically. Um, <laughs> but I really didn't take any notice of the universe. My The universe slaps were huge for me. Um, but, you know, now I understand myself and I'm glad that I had to go through all of that to, to be the person and do what I do. But I'm still learning lessons and I still slip some slip back into that human side of me. Um, but I, I, just to give you some background, so I'm, I'm a Leo sun, a Leo um, rising and a Sag moon. So I have fire, fire, fire. So I used to do everything to excess. So anything that I did, it was always to ex- excess and, and I just couldn't. Um, I just wanted to do that. I was a free spirit, a free child. You know, I was a wild child. I did everything um, that you can imagine to the nth degree, except I wasn't um, promiscuous. That's in that realm. That's interesting. With all that fire, that usually comes out in prom- promiscuity. So that's yeah. really interesting. 
but you know we've we've got to do when when we're purging and we're and we're doing all our shifts and and, and releasing and stuff we've got to let go of family conditioning um but True. my mum my mum and dad were um married for 50 55 years um they were farmers um and so their my conditioning was this is this you don't do that you know um so i've been married twice and i have one daughter who's now uh, 32 this year and so that was you know i that i was very strict in my upbringing with that but everything else if i drank or or um i smoked joint or um i gambled i did everything to excess it was like i want to outdo everybody in doing this i was very competitive as well and so i think that my self-sabotaging um, was competitive at some stage. But I was also quite an anxious person. So if I had to go into a party or a group of people, then, then that was my mask. So I would drink and smoke um, drugs and, and just to feel comfortable to be able to walk in. And then I couldn't probably have a, a very, I mean, I was always able to do things. I was never that you know, passed out or black blackout or anything like that years ago. Um, but it made it so that I didn't have to have those that small talk, those conversations um, and that sort of stuff. And then sort well, of that spirit. mask is definitely something we all wear. It's a mm -hmm. protection mechanism. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And, and, and that's what I found that I did. I mean, self-analysis and looking back and hindsight and all of those things. But, you know, and then... Spirit was just giving me slap after slap, like trying to get me to alter my life. Um, mm. And then um, around 2021, I was told that I wasn't um, able to have children, I uh, had endometriosis. And so then that spurred me on to, you know, do some more self-sabotaging, have pity parties and not come out of them. Um, and then they gave me um, hormone treatments and things like that, which upped my hormones enough for me to fall pregnant. So um, Holly is my miracle child. I wasn't supposed to have children. And so then when Holly was born, I really made the decision of if, if I was going to be having a girl, I was going to be the role model and I needed to change. But I also, um, when, after she was born and um, her father and I was together, it was a very volatile a relationship we were together 12 years a very violent volatile relationship and I wanted a better life for Holly and I um, and so therefore I really stepped into to learning spirituality I did my Reiki one hard to find a spiritual teacher somebody helped me on my journey and some of the epiphanies and some of the the um the magical things that happened to me when Holly was very young and I was trying to, uh, and I really was desperate. I, I really at times didn't want to be here. Um, if it wasn't for Holly, uh, I, I, I don't think I would have been here. I didn't think that I'd ever get to 30. Um, but then some amazing things and encounters come to me uh, at my darkest times and um, really connected and spoke to me and yeah. um, said that, you know, we need you here and that yeah. you're going to do this and that. And, and I just fobbed it off. And I really wanted to, um, I, I was working, trying really hard to change the cycle that, that I was in um, for Holly, really. 
And I love that. I do find that our children, when they come through, they change us on such a fundamental level that we do stand up with responsibility and go, well, I don't want what I've experienced for this little being that I've just brought into the world. So what do I need to change to help them? And from the sounds of it, you've had the exact same experience. Oh, look, and and I find most spiritual um, people, teachers, have started this spiritual journey out of the need to try and change their life. To, to make it better, to become better versions of themselves. And, and so I did my Reiki one. And then I went and did um, a 10-week Louise Hay course. And I, the epiphanies and the light bulb moments just went off. And it was all, it taught me how to do the releasing. But I went back and did it, the 10-week course a second time because I wanted to fine-tune it. But in yeah. saying that, I was still slipping back into the old me People had got so used to, to what I was like, you know, they would come and visit and they would come for the whole weekend, bring the kids, we'd light fires, the kids would have, um, you know, marshmallows and we'd have a couple of drinks and all the rest of it and it was still, um, this was easy for people and easy for me to slip back into that lifestyle a little bit. And so it it it's like... It, two steps forward and then three back and then one forward and then another one forward. And you have to keep adjusting and keep striving forward. But, you know, I went to and did a course with um, a lady that was a six weeks course and her um, one week we did crystals the next week, we did palm reading the next week, we did something else and something else. And it was the weirdest weirdest thing you know I was still stepping back in and out of that self-sabotage you know and I was quite cocky too because I could feel the power after you know Reiki one and I really got quite cocky about what I could do and I could manifest things you know what I for other people at that stage um and so we got to the palm reading week and she said, this is your emotional side and this is what's going to actually happen and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, they're a little bit different. And and I put my hand up and she said, yes, Linda. And I said, oh, mine are the same. And she said, no, nobody's are the same, always different. And I said, oh, we'll have a look. And she had a look and she said, oh, wow, class, everybody look at this lady's hands. They were the same. And by the following week, uh, my lines on my hand had peeled, started peeling and they were really itchy and they were different. And I went back next week and she said, oh, did anybody else at the beginning of the class, she'd say, anybody else experience anything? What was your week like? Did you feel anything? And I, I put my hand up and, and I said, oh, my lines have changed and, and the, they, the lines peeled and I could feel them. They were really itchy. And she said, no, you don't generally feel them. And I went like that because I was still peeling. And she went, oh, my God, class, look at this lady's hands. And, and she said, whatever... Um, happened for you was fated that you had to live that life. There was never going to be anything different for you. And and now um, you've released stuff. You're sort of you're you're at the the, the gate and the gate's just been open and, and your life now you know continues on. Um, and that was probably the I still was really cocky though. Um, <laughs> oh well we all are when we first step into it and we go, oh I'm so awesome. I look at all the stuff I can do. <laughs> Oh, well, I'm a Leo, Leo Sag, you know, my back then was like, you know, I could, I could out do anybody doing anything. I was money. <laughs> you love the grandeur. <laughs> I'm only five foot two, but I felt six, six foot five. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
So how did you overcome all this self-sabotage then? Because you said earlier that it was about balancing this giving and receiving. So you've had all this self-sabotage going on. You've awoken to the spiritual side and gone, oh, look how awesome I am at what I can do. But then how did you break free of that self-sabotage? I still didn't. So after that, so so I, I, I sort of kept moving forward and I kept doing more modalities and I kept um, getting another, uh, finding a spiritual teacher and one of them was just absolutely amazing. She actually um, spoke in the voice that come to me when I lived, um, when I was with Holly's father and um, she, she spoke the words in the tone that was spoken to me that night and I didn't speak for two hours afterwards. I, I was crying and, and then I forgot about it and then I went back to my life and was self-sabotaging in one way or another. But but um, it's sort of it's something that we have to work on and sort of probably about 10 years later um, I was still having, I've been married twice, still having not good relationships, um, still uh, flying by the seat of my plant sort of thing and, and so I moved to somewhere that I didn't know anybody and it was like I was guided to move there and I thought it was going to be wonderful and I was going to meet spiritual people and do stuff, but it was a putting me on my own um, and I ended up writing 57,000 words, what I thought it was a book. Um, it ended up being uh, 57,000 words of releasing and it will never see the light of day. And yeah. so as the, the layers come up and the things that I needed to release and shift, I was emptying out. So I was that void that I that was in me that I was always trying to feel externally started to fill up from me working on myself and for me um, doing the releasing. And then I started to like myself. And then I started to, the doors just started opening, opening and these speaking events and workshops started rolling in and, and I was still doing this releasing as as that was happening. Um, and, and I really feel like that that's what you need to do. I mean, I constantly have to do it. There'll be something, I'll, I'll go a couple of years and things will be great and I'll be, you know, open, open, open and then something will come along that maybe I hadn't quite released and it, it will be with a different person or a different situation. It's triggered me, it's brought up these emotions and I'm like, okay, spirits put me by myself again for a couple of months and I've just been doing that for the last couple of months and releasing more and more and more stuff. But it's about um, filling that void with you rather than external stuff because what happens when we, we self-sabotage and we, we have addictions and stuff like that, the dopamine comes out and dopamine always makes you feel like that you want more. Okay, and that's externally feeling. But when you get it, start doing things um, that you love and finding love of life, the serotonin comes out, and that's nurturing, and that's and it's doing. You know that void inside of me um, isn't filled now with external stuff. It, it's I, I feel that with whatever I need to do. You know, and I painting and I do photography, and so I. I do things that rock my soul and my spirituality and, and being on my spiritual path, um, when I'm on my spiritual path, everything just flows. Yeah. 
from the sounds of it, you very much went through the emotional cycle that I teach people and that I want to normalize is that we step through those five stages. So yeah. you have your princess stage where you want to be seen and heard. It's where fear is ruling your life. Then you moved into this really nurturing stage where you're like, no, I need to look after myself. I need to do what's right for me. Yeah. Then you kind of went into your wild woman, got a bit angry about a couple of things, but went, no, I'm still going to move forward. You found that self-reliance. Yeah. But for you, the most special part was your dark queen journey where you went into that cave within you. You found that void and went, oh, look at all the junk that I've shoved in here. That needs to be released. I need to clear it out. Yeah. And I find behind that is your self-worth. It's your intuition. And once you've done that journey, then everything moves forward because you're in your sorcery. You're in your sorcery. You get to move forward and have the magical life that you want. So what would you say is your favourite one then? Because from the sounds of it, that void seems to be quite special to you. Oh, it was. Like um, I, I owned that bitch. <laughs> that was like, I love it. <laughs> I'm going to fill it with whatever I can get into that. And I still yeah. to, and I still to a point, you know, have that there that I have to keep coming back to me. And and I really like um, the wise woman in me, the crone in me now that that is it can can identify it. And I think when you're first on your journey and you're going through it, it's bloody identifying it. And even when, when you get mucked up and it, when spirit really wants you to work on yourself, they'll take everything away and you're on your own and you're thinking, shit, what do I do now? Like what's going on? You know, the articles stopped, the speaking things have stopped for a month, you know, um, haven't seen anybody. Um, I'm going, I'm withdrawn and oh, I'm in the home mode. And then, then it starts, but you don't know when you're in it for a couple of weeks that you're actually in a stage of transformation. It's actually waiting and it's been, and it's, it's because I totally trust spirit a hundred percent. Yeah. I, I'm going. Okay, I'm 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 here for this reason, and it's and then it unfolds. You know, there's no. It's only going to happen when it's the right time for you. I like it. I like it. And to me, that's part that's part of normalizing our emotional cycles. Yeah. Because if you know that, okay, life has stopped. It kind of feels like you're pulling within, and you're like, oh, I've been here before. I know what this is about. There's no shame or guilt about no. that anymore. You're just like, okay, I'm in this space. I'm in my dark queen stage. What do I need to learn? Where's my self-worth? Let's find that so yeah. I can move forward again. Yeah. And from the sounds of it, you've really mastered that cycle. Well, that's what, yes, and that's why I wrote Seven Eights of Me, A Tale of a Spiritual Adventurer, and I've got the cards. In both of them, or especially the book, I have the, the six steps to go through to to do that releasing to to okay look at self analysis where is that in me where did it trigger trigger me you know we start with self love and then we go from releasing to forgiveness now don't get me started on forgiveness people oh my goodness <laughs> forgiveness is about me not somebody else I'm not yeah. saying it's okay for that person to behave like that. But yeah. I forgive them because they don't know any better. That's the way that they are. This is the way I am. And, you know, the best thing, when I was in Egypt, I learned about Egypt's, Egyptians' death um, and, and their archetypes and what happens when you die in 
um, in Egypt. And at the end of your life, they weigh your heart on a set of scales against a feather. And yes, Anubis sits there and he puts a bit more weight on the feather, but you're to manifest and get the way of life for your highest good, you actually need to have a heart that's light, light as a feather, not hard, not bitter. So the forgiveness part of it is just so important. And then we've got the gratitude. Now that takes you from lack to have, and then we manifest and we release. And the letting go stage is the last stage and it's letting go the ideas of what you think your future is going to look like. It's about feeling what you want to feel like. So you have to be that mirror so that you attract. So whatever you feel like and you're coming out of like addictions and self-sabotaging, you've actually got to step into what it is that you want to feel like. So that's why I started doing painting and photography and things like that because that I'm creative and if I'm not creative, then I'm trying to find a source outside of me to fill that void. Mm, so that sounds like how you balance that give and receive then. Yes, yeah. And I still there's still like um, times that I need to work on the balancing of giving and receiving because I am a spiritual person, a spiritual teacher. I'm empathic like everybody else, intuitive, and I give a lot. Yeah. And there needs to be reciprocity. You need to, it needs to be balanced. And that's just something that I've just, after the last three months of my transformation this year, I'm now looking at, okay, what, what am I putting into this? What am I getting out? Now, I'm not going, I'm not going to say I'm only going to put, I'm going to put this in because you're putting that in. But I'm, I'm going to make sure that my time, my effort and my energy is, is there for me doing what I need to do, but it is going to be balanced. Yeah. I know that when we're talking about self-love and we talk about balancing the giving and receiving and the male and feminine energies, but I think that it, it needs to be even further than just balancing the giving and receiving. I think that we need to look at how much energy can I afford to give to keep me okay? Yeah. You know? I and like to look at it as um, is it duty or is it offering? Yeah. So is right. that give, are you giving out of duty, which is therefore a sacrifice? Yeah. Are you doing it as an offering? You want to do this. It comes from a lightness, a love. Yeah. And, and that's the bit that gets mucked up, mucked up when you're a spiritual person is, is finding that fine line and, and doing it. And like we were talking before, you know, when, you, when you're a spiritual teacher and you are helping people, there is a fine line. And I need to stop and say to spirit, okay, is this person, um, are they just a student? Am I just going to help to mentor them? Are they going to be um, in a friendship, a situationship? How is it going to develop and sort of see how it fits more with, with that sort of thing? I hate boundaries. I, I get so annoyed when I hear the bloody word, I, I'm putting my boundaries out and I'm not going to answer the phone to this person and I'm like, that is, you know, somebody asked me once, what's the difference between boundaries and being judgmental, right? Mm, I like that. Yeah, you know, boundaries is judgmental is when, okay, you're annoying me. I don't like what you're doing. I'm going to vocalise it and I'm going to block you because I don't want to talk to you about that. Boundaries is when you're aware of, okay, how, how 
this is what I want. And you're partnering with spirit. So spirit, you know, I know I need to keep some energy for myself that I've given away too much. So let's balance that. And I'm going to put it up to spirit and say to spirit, okay, only bring um, what, what is for my highest good into my life. And I'm not going to try and force, um, and I'm not going to try and make shit into strawberry jam and make it something that it's not, you know. And I give it up to spirit and then, Whoever falls away or whatever falls away is for my highest good and for my vibration. I haven't had to put any thought process into it because I, I work with them 100%. They're with me 24-7. So that's how it works. When I'm trying to force things or to keep flogging a dead horse, I'm yeah. off my spiritual path and it normally turns to shit. So when I get back on my spiritual train and I'm going synchronicity, synchronicity on my magic carpet, Things float. I like it. I do like that um, boundaries and judgmental because I've always looked at boundaries as being your values. So what you value, you then place around you and say, no, I value being treated in this way, so please respect that and treat me in this way. But it's not, but as you said, if you put that value and then express it outwards, it becomes judgment. Yes, it does. So it's almost like one side is a value, the other side is a judgment. Yeah. And if you're working in spirit, they're taking care of all of this. And and you, and you notice when you evolve and you, you upgrade and you, you transform or whatever word you want to use, that new people come in and I'll drop away, you know. Um, I like it. Yeah. That happens naturally if you're working with spirit and you're partnering with spirit. You know, if, if you partner with spirit, they'll always help you find the gap in the game. Yeah, they, it, They'll take you this way because it's the easiest way for your highest good. But if you've got a, you're struggling with something or you've got to learn a lesson and you're just going against the grain, they're going to take you, Mercury retrograde's perfect, take you back to that to see if you want to repeat it. Have you learnt that lesson? Yeah. And that's what happens. Interesting. So for those who aren't aware of spirit and what spirit-led is, how would you explain it? Because for me it's about intuition. It's just following that gut instinct, that, yeah. that part of you that knows what it knows even though you don't know how you know. Well, how would you define it? That's the knowing. No, seriously. Um, like so I've been doing this like all my life. Right, and and I have ignored spirit, and I've got slaps and stuff, but it's always you having that knowing. So what you actually do, it's like going to the gym. You build up that spiritual mus muscle, so you use it. So you you everybody's got car parking angels, and I've talked to businessmen and women that have said, "I'm not into what you're doing," and I said, "No, that's fine," you know, because I don't. I'm not going to call you a muggle, um, but I'm not. <laughs> I'm not going to judge you on that, but I always ask them at the start, you know, when you're making a business decision or a judgment, whether you hire somebody or you make a business deal, if your gut told you not to do it, would you still do it? And they said no. And I went, that's it. That mm, is like it. Yeah. And it's building on that and, and practising being aware. And it's always, so you need to be in the present moment to get those gut feelings. You need to be in the now, you know. And we're, we're all unique. And I talk to people about writing down uh, a journal and, and writing down what they feel, their gut feeling, what the severity it felt like, what happened, what they felt like, even in a, in a if it came out in a dream. Then 
if something happened and it was a week later, put it down, this happened and this is what I felt felt like two weeks ago or a week ago. This is the severity of that. It's like writing your own grimoire. It's like you registering how you feel against registering what actually happened because at the very beginning when I, I hadn't developed my spiritual channel, I always got this gut feeling something really bad was going to happen and it, and I hated it and I didn't like it and it just used to get me in the guts and I'd go, you know, they'd say, do you, know, do you want to come out fishing in the boat? And I'm like, no, I can't get in them. And I'd been brought up in boats and it was like, I can't get in that boat. Something awful is going to happen. Chucked a whammy, drove back to town and found out later that they went out in the boat, the steering pin broke and they had to get towed back in. So I had to figure out the severity of the messages that I was I was getting for me so that I could figure out the information. So once you start working out what it means for you and the symbolic um, signs that you get, you start growing and then you get ta- you're tapped in, you're tapped in, tuned in, like the creator's there. We've all got the universe, this part star, there's, we're, we're part of the universe. You, we are connected to everything. And so when, when you're connected to everything, you get to know everything. And by partnering the spirit and just building that, that muscle, it, it just becomes stronger and stronger and stronger. I like it. I like it. <laughs> So what would you say then to somebody who is at the very beginning of their journey? Yep. So maybe they're still going through self-sabotage, they've still got those addictive behaviours that are dominating their life. What message would you have for them? Yeah, a couple of things. Um, don't beat yourself up. You're only you're we're always at the perfect place and time for for us. Um, yes, you will. Um, do things when you need to do them, um, when it's the perfect time for you. Please don't keep doing the same things over and over again and expect a different outcome. It's up to you. You've got to get, I'm going to say it, and I'm going to, you've got to get off your ass and do something for yourself um, and, and find somebody that can maybe mentor you or help you um, or just sit down and write, you know, there's, there's lots of information on Google and YouTube and, like I said, in, in my book, Seven Eights of Me, A Tale of a Spiritual Adventure, I've got a step process that, that I use to, to alter that. But the thing is you have to change something. So if you're vibrating on that level and then this is what you're attracting. So you're not going to ever attract anything different on the vibrational frequency that you're at now. If you tweak something, you release something, you do something on your inner world, then you start vibrating at this level and you'll attract things that are vibrating at that level. That's how it works. So you need to to shift your vibrational frequency internally any way you can. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much for that. I think that's a beautiful little snippet. to really sum up everything we've spoken about today. It's exciting. It is. It really is. And to know that we have this power to change our lives and really move forward into what we want and that it all starts with us. It starts with us taking responsibility and doing the inner work. It is. But, but you know, when we're manifesting, you know, I'm a manifester, so that's, that's what I do now. And part of myself... 
love journey and my, my purge, I realised I could manifest for myself. I was manifesting for everybody else. You know, I would help everybody else and my stuff just gets forgotten. And that's been a reminder again to me this year. Um, but I can manifest for myself. The thing that you've got to remember when you are manifesting is you don't manifest a person, place or thing. You manifest the feeling that you want to have. Mm -hmm. So by changing the feelings that you have in your life, that's how it gets mirrored back to you. So you can't say I'd like to live over here or this is the partner I want to have and, and that's it. If you're partnering with spirit, you've put up to spirit the intent, okay, spirit, I want you to help me 24-7 in all directions of my life, in all directions of time, then you actually need that letting go phase is you saying I want you to bring in, um, show me what uh, the true divine counterpart for me is for, the, for this life, for my highest good. Mm, I like it. I like it. Oh, we could talk. We, we're going to do another episode just on manifesting. I think. <laughs> oh, that's. I love it. I absolutely love it. I could talk. I could talk spirit for hours. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> um, now, if anybody does want to get in contact with Linda, you'll find her details below this um, below the episode. So if you are listening to this on a podcast, you will find the information in the description. If you're watching the video through YouTube or any of the social media, you will find her details here as well. So just before we duck away, I do want to say thank you very much for coming on the show, Linda. It has been an absolute pleasure and I'm sure everybody has loved this episode as well. Thanks, Millie. I've loved, you know, I love talking about and I've got the hearts behind me. And I think that that, that uh, this is where we are this year. We're coming into this unconditional loving time and we really need to connect to our spiritual essence that's within our, you know, heart space and come from a heart-based place. I love it. I love it. Thank you. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Bye. Now, join us again next week as we continue on this mission of collecting stories of courage so you can take the next steps in your life and in the process, normalizing the emotional cycles that all women experience. So until next week, love and kindness, everyone. If you'd like to join me on my mission to normalize the emotional and intuitive cycles all women go through, join my free community at nellies.com.au.